0: Hello and welcome to the Blockchain.com podcast. My name is Nick Carey, co-founder and vice chairman of Blockchain.com. Our latest segment of the Blockchain.com podcast, Trading 101, dives into the dynamic world of cryptocurrency trading. From how-to education walkthroughs to current trends and analysis, we'll share some practical tips and expert interviews. Today, we're joined by Josh Deems, Staking Business Development Manager at Figment. Figment provides comprehensive staking solutions to over 250 clients worldwide, including Blockchain.com. Josh will explain what exactly staking is, how it works, and talk us through how to stake with Blockchain.com. All right, Josh, we're really excited to have you uh, on the podcast today. We have a little tradition around here. We need to know how you got into crypto in the first place. So can you give us uh, your origin story?
1: <laughs> well, actually, I'd like to reveal that I'm Satoshi. No, um, it's it's finally it's we can put the, can put the <laughs> argument to rest. Exactly. Um, no, I've been in I've been in the space for a little bit of time, um, and I first found crypto. I was working at um, a consulting firm and doing some fintech research, and this is around 2013, 2014. And I was like, well, there's you know, this was like when robo-advice was becoming really popular and Betterment was, was kind of all the rage and I, I thought to myself, well, this is really interesting. We're, we're redesigning the UI of finance, but we're not redesigning the back end of it. Um, and so I, luckily I was based in Boston at the time and Boston has you know a lot of research. A lot of the early um, crypto origins kind of came out of MIT. So I'd you know, kind of go over there on weekends and and hang around conferences and eventually picked up enough of it that I was like, hey, this is really cool. I want to dive into this full time. So in 2015, I got a job, luckily got a job at State Street, which was researching Bitcoin, blockchain, Ethereum, everything. Um, Working with, you know, they were doing everything from working with the Winklevoss twins on the first iteration of the Bitcoin ETF, um, but being a big, large globally global regulated bank um couldn't do much more so i transitioned to fidelity where i think i I like to call my undergraduate degree in crypto um i spent four years helping build out the digital asset custody platform there um which was extremely fun extremely rewarding um it was a uh kind of the first iteration of something that i felt was truly institutional in this space um, after that, did a quick stint at a sort of got the itch to, to get to to something a bit more entrepreneurial. I did a quick stint at a VC firm called Stillmark, um, and after that, I joined Figment. So Figment is a um, a company that actually was invested in by an arm of Fidelity. So there was a uh, there was some some close connection between between the two.
0: That's cool. I had no idea you had spent um, such a tour of duty across both you know sort of That's traditional finance. Of evolving finance and then into um, the VC and then startup world. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Cool. So give us a bit of an overview um, of Figment, um, what the platform does when it was started, um, and also kind of what your role is at Figment. And um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So Figment is a proof of stake services company. Um When I joined, that didn't mean a whole lot to me, (laughs) so I'll I'll try and break it down and explain to everyone. Um, But really what we do is we help um, institutional investors who own proof of stake assets stake those assets in a a risk um, adjusted and and secure way. Um, And so basically, if you hold anything other than Ethereum um, and, and generally we support institutions, you can bond your tokens to our validators and earn rewards directly from the protocol for doing so. We, we effectively facilitate that process. Um, Figment has been around for almost five years now. Um, and we are a Canadian company. Um, our last funding round was in 2021. We raised a Series C. And, um, and we're about 120, 130 people but we are only focused on third-party non-custodial staking. Um, so, you know, that is effectively our bread and butter. Everything we do, we live and breathe staking, um, which makes it a lot of fun. And my role here is, you know, we we support across the spectrum. So, um, you know, high net worth individuals. Um, we actually even have a, um, is sort of retail-focused, although Ethereum requires a a fair bit of, you know, you need 32 Ethereum, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, to stake, but we support, you know, through an application. Um, But then we also support some large custodial banks, um, some large asset managers, both crypto-native and traditional, um, by powering the staking, either for their customers or for themselves. Um, And my role here is to bring that even more institutional. So you know, we've, we're kind of at um, a point where, you know, we have banks in the U.S., banks in Europe, banks in, in, in APAC that offer some sort of crypto services. Um, I'm thinking about kind of like what the next iteration of those of those firms are going to be. Right. How do we get Morgan Stanley? Fidelity is already here, thankfully. State Street. Um, you know, kind of those larger entities to come and and, and experience staking and and get their clients um, exposure to staking because we believe it. If you're going to have exposure to a proof of stake asset, you naturally should be considering staking it. Um, So, yeah, that's effectively my my rule here.
0: Well, it sounds like a good place to be right now, considering uh, the institutional adoption of crypto has really sort of uh, entered a new era, especially in 2024. Let's talk um, a little bit more and define a few terms, because um, I think it'll be helpful for our listeners that are maybe not as familiar with all of these things uh, to basically just um, map their minds to some of these concepts. So when you say proof of stake assets, can you define what that is in comparison to, say, it's opposite or something different? And then um, you had a couple other terms in there, uh, like bonding tokens to validators. Um, And I think those types of terms uh, make a lot of sense to crypto uh, fanatics, but maybe to um, early adopters or maybe institutions. Um, Maybe help us uh, think through what some of those things mean. And then I know it's sort of almost a three-part question, (laughs) but um, let's define terms. Let's talk about um, proof-of-stake assets, bonding, and then to, to maybe help everyone understand Figment's role how would someone who is doing this on their own do it as opposed yeah. to going through a convenient system like Figment?
1: Yeah. So um, so to start, proof of st- so actually, I take sort of like a Bitcoin first uh, approach when I try and understand everything in crypto. So I'll, I'll approach proof of stake by like first kind of helping ex- understand why it's different than proof of work. So Bitcoin is effectively you d- the network achieves consensus. The network achieves agreement by the conversion of energy into into compute power, Um, and that's physical energy. So, you know, it it achieves network resilience. And as an attacker, I need to just acquire so much compute power in order to try and attack the Bitcoin network that it's uncostly for me to do so. So I don't have any um, I don't have any incentive to do that unless I was extremely rich and wanted to shut down the entire project, which would still be almost nearly impossible to do. Um, And I'd need to to acquire a whole bunch of energy in order to do that. Um, Ethereum and Solana and proof of stake networks operate a bit differently. So the incentive is actually to, um, to pledge your Ethereum or pledge your Solana Um, and you're not giving it to anyone. You're basically saying, I own 32 Ethereum or I own 32 Solana, and I want to ensure that the network is not, you know, my share goes into impacting the security of the network. So by pledging that amount, I'm making sure that, you know, there's, there's, you need more than that. You need more than what's been pledged to try and Attack the network or try and rearrange the state of the network, so that could be like transaction ordering, etc. And in, in in order for for me to perform that duty and in, in order to pledge that Ethereum or pledge that Solana, I need to be I need to have some incentive on my side. I can't just be a good steward and want to make sure that the network is not going to get hacked. And I'm, I'm performing you know kind of a, a valiant service. Um, I get a portion of those rewards back. So um, if I stake Ethereum. Um, I'm rewarded then with new issuance of Ethereum. So I'm helping, you know, helping the network process transactions and um, come to a state of agreement on where all the transactions are being processed. I get some of those the fees that people pay to to process transactions on Ethereum. Along with some of the newish, some new issuance of Ethereum for doing so, and that can be said the same for Solana and, and other proof of stake networks. Um, so it's, so it's really fair to say, say that
0: each of these proof of stake networks has a slightly different economic policy that basically rewards the end users for pledging um, a portion yes. of or all of their uh, uh, proof of stake assets into the network.
1: Exactly, and they also punish differently too. Um, Networks like Ethereum have much harsher penalties for bad acting, Um, and networks like Solana actually have much less harsh penalties for bad acting. Although there's no incentive really for you to there's no financial incentive for you to really be a bad actor in the first place, um, unless you wanted to really maliciously attack a network out of you know hatred for it or something like that. Um, So. Each network yeah, will, will provide you with some sort of economic benefits for staking your tokens. There is some downside, and we'll talk, talk about that a little bit more when we dive into kind of Figment or another third party staking provider's role in the space. Um, you talked about bonding your tokens to a validator, and I think that's a really important part to get to. Because it can sound like what I just described probably sounds pretty scary. If you're a first time user, like, what am I actually doing? I literally just figured out how to buy Solana or buy Ethereum or buy Polkadot. Now you're asking me to do what with it? It's really just signing your tokens. You're not giving them to anyone else. You're not transferring them. You're signing them to someone like a figment or someone like um, uh, a blockchain.com or something like that to... Um, perform these staking duties, so you're not transferring them. You can still maintain, you know, your your own custody. Figment, for what it's worth, does not have the ability to transfer your tokens to to t- keep them for our, for ourselves. We simply power a, a node that connects your tokens to the Ethereum network, connects your tokens to the Solana network so that the network knows that your tokens are being pledged to stake. So you get sort of your prorata or proportional share. This The rewards mechanism, like we were saying, is different per network, but you earn some sort of proportional share based on how much you're staking, how much you've pledged to the network. Um, and so we are talking about Ethereum before. There's you know kind of a reward system and a punishment system. There is a punishment system where some of those tokens that you've pledged could potentially be lost if you do act in a malicious way um, on the network. So it's it's really a you know it's a reward system for powering the ethereum blockchain, the Solana blockchain, basically everything that's not Bitcoin for the cool. most part.
0: Okay, thank you for sharing that. So um, let's talk a little bit about the universe of uh, proof of stake assets. Um, What's the biggest one? And maybe what are sort of the like next couple, um, you know, bigger ones that you guys support, just so that our listeners have a sense for maybe um, a few protocol projects or uh, crypto assets uh, that they may or may not have known were proof of stake networks?
1: Yeah. So I've said this probably a bunch of times, but Ethereum is definitely the most popular and largest proof of stake network. Ethereum is really interesting, though. It's more like a it's kind of like a Frankenstein network in that it became proof of stake. It was formerly proof of work. And there was a major event that happened where the Ethereum developers basically said, you know, proof of stake is a little bit more energy efficient. It's actually significantly more energy efficient. And it's, um, it, it, can, it can achieve a higher throughput of transactions for the network while being a little bit more cost effective. Um, so Ethereum went through this massive transition, switching from proof of work to proof of stake um, in, in April of, um, actually it happened September of 21, uh, of 22, but really April of last year is when it, when it fully merged, as, as we say. Um, there are the other networks that are proof of stake solana polka dot cosmos sort of you know if you look down the top 10 of, of of cryptos um polygon you know all of these all of these networks use a proof of stake consensus mechanism the ones that are not um are usually derivatives of bitcoin so bitcoin litecoin Um, Or early Ethereum projects that like Ethereum cash that never went through the merge. So as we see more networks come to market, like there are actually, you know, Figment onboards like three to five new networks a quarter. Um, And those networks generally are proof of stake. We're even seeing a movement in the Bitcoin space um, to use proof of stake on top of Bitcoin because it is it is more cheap. Um, and more cost efficient and can process more transactions. So maybe there's a future world where you don't need, you know, the heavy uh, transaction cost of transacting on a base chain like Bitcoin or Ethereum is actually fairly expensive to to conduct transactions on as well. Um, So, you know, a lot of the interesting projects we're seeing now are being developed on top of these, either on top of Ethereum, on top of Bitcoin um, or, you know, projects like Solana. Solana has a faster... Um, transaction processing speed than Visa, which is actually fairly impressive. Although it does have some some downtime challenges because it is trying to scale so impressively. Um, But, you know, when uh, when Solana is up and running, which is most of the time, um, it can process more transactions at a faster pace than the Visa card network.
0: Got it. Cool. Thank you for sharing all those things. So Bitcoin, uh, proof of work, still sort of the biggest crypto asset um, in terms of market cap today. But there's a lot of um, sort of uh, rivals, per se, and uh, Ethereum being sort of the biggest that went through this huge network transition, arguably an upgrade that switched it from proof of work to proof of stake. And um, as you mentioned, Solana, Polkadot, Cosmos, Polygon and many others uh, use proof of stake um, as their consensus mechanism. And so Figment is set up basically uh, to make it easy to designate these staking duties um, so that you can basically earn passive rewards from these networks. And as part of their economic policy, uh, they basically mint new tokens and they reward those people that stake those um, and bond them to the network. So
1: let's see. Well uh, last
0: question here, um, maybe second to last. Uh, are there any you know sort of challenges that you know cryptocurrency adopters should sort of uh, consider Um, when, uh, potentially staking, um, their own coins or should they always go through a third party? How should they think about that?
1: Yeah, I think the best thing is to think about your, your familiarity with the staking process, how comfortable you are, you know, kind of risk managing that yourself. Um, if you were to run a home validator, which is like, you know, probably, you know way off in the in, in the in terms of you know i i would definitely not be comfortable doing that myself um so when you're evaluating the options if you own ethereum and you decided you know i want to generate a reward rate um probably the the three biggest things that are part of this trade-off the first thing would be liquidity so when you bond your tokens to a validator um you those tokens are liquid they are bonded to the validator however the validator like Figment, for instance, can't transfer those tokens away from you. They can only be transferred back to you. Um, but you do lose liquidity while your tokens are, are being bonded to a validator, while they're actively being used to, um, to, to, uh, to stake to a network. And so, you know, Ethereum right now, there's liquidity um, freeze effectively if you stake your tokens. On the bonding side, when you're act- actively starting to, um, to to validate transactions of one, of, a, of just a few days, um, sometimes you, your tokens can be bonded in just a single day. Depends on kind of the the, the heaviness of all the activity happening on on the blockchain. Um, but on the unbonding side, when you say, "Okay, actually, I want my Ethereum back. I need to pay for something, or I want to sell for whatever reason you want to transfer it," um, there's a there's could be as long as a week. Um, so if there's a liquidity time gap, um, where you'd need your tokens, you would, you would need to plan around that. Um, the second biggest risk, and this is, you know, this is protocol by protocol. Um, so this risk isn't, doesn't really exist on Solana, but it does on Ethereum, for instance, is slashing, which is what I was talking about earlier. It's when you're penalized for, um, for maliciously, um, trying to, or even non-maliciously trying to double sign transactions. So trying to. Um, trying to manipulate the, uh, the balances on, on a network effectively, trying to say you have more Ethereum than you do or, or whatnot. Um, though that can be, that is, if you are slashed, um, it would effectively be your, your staking provider that would be getting slashed. So when you're looking at a staking provider, you wanna look for what is their slashing policy? What is their slashing history? If there is a slashing event, you know are they covered by insurance um it's rare they don't slashing on ethereum has only happened a handful of times um but ethereum has sort of the scalability where if you are slashed and continue to be slashed the penalties get more and more severe um so you would definitely want to conduct diligence on the staking provider um the staking provider's insurance policy how they manage validators we at figment not, not to make this a figment commercial, but we take a, 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 uh, an approach called safety over liveness where we'd rather, you know, you can still um, be down and not be actively staking transactions for a period of the day while still actually earning positive rewards um, on that day. So we really want to make sure that there's a, an approach where you know, slashing penalties are, are, are risk mitigated to, to the highest degree possible. Um, I'd say those are probably the two biggest concerns. And um, when you're thinking about the type of provider to go with, you know, if you're if you are um, there are like figment powers firms like blockchain.com, right? Some of the staking that happens on the back end. So um, if you don't want to go through a figment user figment interface and also the figment interface is only supportive of Ethereum and only supports balances of 32 ether higher, like blockchain.com is a fantastic way to, to do so. Um, it's sort of you know your your retail application or platform um, that allows you to achieve achieve the scale of staking you know on, on a full Ethereum validator without actually having a full thirty two ETH balance um, to your name. So there's a lot of different ways to think about it. You can do it yourself. You can do it through someone like a Figment, or then you can go a step further and use a platform that uses someone like Figment on the back end for staking. And for most folks, um, that will be the most common way to do it. And then even further, and this is kind of um, something we're seeing is exchange listed products, like in Europe, for instance, that offer um, staking rewards. So you can buy you know, an ETP and hold that ETP in a traditional brokerage account. And some of those ETPs will generate the rewards from staking and distribute them back to you in a, in, in a specific way. So uh, kind of a full spectrum there um, of, of options.
0: That's great. So the three things that um, people should know or think about before getting into staking is one, be aware of um, the concepts of liquidity. If you bond your proof of stake assets to a network, um, they may not be immediately available and there may be an unbonding period that varies um, by network and provider Uh, Two, you should be aware of the concept of slashing. um, Although uncommon, basically this is the network's policing mechanism to make sure that actors are appropriately validating transactions, meaning that the network is um, being supported by good actors uh, that are approving transactions as they're supposed to be. And then finally um, you can obviously go down the route of doing all this stuff yourself and uh, kind of in a more complex self custodial um, and self, bonding uh, process, but that's highly technical and it's best potentially to work with um, parties uh, that have interfaces that make all of this so much easier. And also, if you're a retail user, you may not have 32 um, uh, Ethereum to do this. And so you need to work in an aggregated way. Um, and so a lot of trusted partners um, are available for users out there, including at blockchain.com. And then finally, uh, on the institutional side, there are completely new products coming to market. We saw the ETFs launch in the United States. But as you were mentioning, Josh, the ETPs um, in Europe um, are sort of an entire new uh, almost alternative asset class for crypto that is encompassing of um, staking uh, protocol projects and assets themselves. So a lot of exciting products out there, regardless of whether you're beginning your journey, a crypto expert um, or an institution. So let's talk quickly um, about how someone might stake um, some crypto at blockchain.com. Walk us through yes. how, uh, you know, uh, you would teach your mom how to do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so blockchain.com has a mobile application um, and and in the mobile app, you know, I'm assuming that you've kind of gone through and set up your account. Um, maybe you've even funded your account. That would probably be step one is to buy some Ethereum or transfer in some Ethereum. Um Really easy to do that on, on the blockchain.com account. Actually, when I was when I was signing up for mine, um, I give I have to say blockchain.com had the fastest KYC process I've I've seen on a crypto app. Um, so very very easy to get in and get started. Um, but you you set up your account. Um, let's I'm just going to assume for for this um, you're going to to purchase some Ethereum. On your homepage of the app, you have sort of two tabs up top. You have an account tab and you have a DeFi wallet tab. Um, on the account tab, you can actually, um, there's sort of another box below that, that is, gives you the option to select earning or discover, um, and you kind of, on the discover tab, you can kind of learn a little bit more about the different assets that you hold. Um, and each one will actually say, you know, what the staking reward rate is. So something we didn't really dive into, but I think is really interesting, is you can actually annualize the rewards um, on a daily basis to come up with you know, what, how much could I earn by staking my Ethereum over, over a year period. And so, um, and that number is quoted. So you have an idea of how much you could potentially expect to generate um, in rewards by staking. So I've gone to the recap, I've gone to my account, I've gone to the discover tab. I have some Ethereum. I click on Ethereum um, and then it gives me the option um, to select staking. So I have sort of below a search bar, I have the option for all passive staking or active. um, And I select staking and um, under Ethereum, I, I can see my total Ethereum staking rewards. Um, this is assuming I actually already have gone in and staked some Ethereum. Um, if I then want to, if I then want to stake additional Ethereum, I go back to um, the DeFi Wallet page, and I can select Show DeFi Wallets. Um, and in that section, I can um, I can move assets from my Blockchain.com account. To a staking rewards account, and I can choose like we were discussing before. Usually, you know, if I were to move more, if I were to fund a full validator, which would be you know roughly seventy to seventy-five thousand US, it's pretty expensive. Um, I can do this with as little as you know a dollar, right? I can stake a dollar. I can stake fifteen dollars. Um, and really, all it is is clicking a button that you want to confirm transferring um, assets or transferring ETH from your blockchain.com account to a staking rewards account. Um, there's a little stake stake now button down the bottom, um, and then that's effectively been transferred. And then you can go back and and check you know the rewards that you're earning. Um, that you're earning effectively on a daily basis. So the whole thing to set up start to end could probably take you once your accounts funded like 30 seconds. Um and it's a great you guys have a great feature built in that allows you to like I said before to check your reward rates, um check your pay check the payment frequency um, and then also learn about how to unstake. Um and if you if you were to to no longer be staking your tokens.
0: Well, thank you so much, Josh. And really appreciate the endorsement on the KYC side, basically making it possible for people to sign up quickly, um, create a blockchain.com wallet. You can buy some ETH, you can click on rewards, and you can immediately start staking and earning um, from uh, these protocol projects that support the proof of stake assets. Um, And so thank you so much for your time today, Josh. I know our listeners are going to be really excited to to hear and learn more about um, this exciting world of the proof of stake assets and Figment's important role in supporting um, access to the protocol rewards themselves. So we really appreciate your time today. And uh, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Uh, Remember to subscribe to our channel and leave us a review if you enjoyed today's episode. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Carey, and on behalf of the entire Blockchain.com team, thank you for tuning in. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for institutional informational purposes only and should not be considered as financial advice. Listeners are encouraged to conduct their own research and consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions. Thank you.